we're here for the Illumination Series number six. Jeff is getting ready for Adamas, and I hope you can feel the beauty of the energies that are surrounding us here in Kona. It's in the air, it's everywhere. So with that, as always, let's start with that conscious breath, that deep and conscious breath of life. Take that good deep breath, breathing into yourself, letting the energies flow. Breathe with all that you are, opening, opening to the highest potentials. Feel into it, let it flow. Breathe the I am that I am, I exist. Feel it, flow with it. This is such a grand time Breathe as the human, the master, breathing into the soul of you. Breathe and flow. That good deep breath, only you can take that breath, that conscious breath. Just let all the distractions just melt away as you breathe in honor of yourself. Take that good deep breath. Take that good deep breath as we Proceed with Adamas. What the world is now is love, sweet love. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Dionne Warwick. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now. But for everyone, Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb, and there Just to love 
I am that I am, Adamus of St. Germain. So did you feel it, dear Chambra? Did you feel it? <laughs> As we got all of our energies ready for this shout, did you feel something sweeping across you? Did you feel something sweeping across the world, well, all the Chambra tuned in right now. I imagine you did. I imagine you felt something and perhaps a familiar feeling, perhaps something you haven't felt in a while. We're here today at this Shoud Illumination Series number six to talk about love. You know that we recently came out with Love 2.0. There come a point where you look back on your life, on the history of Chambra and the planet. You look back and say there were certain things that happened along the way that were definite turning points, uh, or as Tobias called them, points of separation. There was the Heaven's Cross, and oh, I know some of you expected something different, but it was a turning point, like the quantum leap. Way back in 2007, at the Quantum Leap, nothing particularly happened at that time, but everything changed afterwards, because the Quantum Leap was that point where there was no turning back. There was enough light on the planet, there was enough consciousness and enough love, that the planet wasn't going to go backwards, it wasn't going to sink into the abyss, it wasn't going to do like an Atlantean thing where everything is in destruction. The Quantum Leap was a huge event, meaning there's no turning back. We're, we're into it now. Heaven's Cross, which occurred almost one year ago, Heaven's Cross was about opening between the realms. There has always been that veil, that, that separation. It was finally, with the intense work that so many of you who were realm workers did, it opened that portal, that gateway between the realms, and has allowed in more and more of your light, of your divinity. It doesn't change things on that very day, and you may not notice it for weeks, months, or a year or more. 
because it's happening at the very deep level of physics. It's happening at the inner levels of energies and light, and eventually it makes its way to your reality. But only when you're really ready, only when there's that maturity to be able to handle that level of light, and particularly of new light. So no, you haven't missed a thing. No, Heaven's Cross or the Quantum Leap weren't just dates in time uh, where we tried to have an event. They were definite turning points for the planet. And we're at another one right now, a change in the very dynamics of love on the planet. You can mark this day, this shout, as uh, really the the symbol of that turning point. Love is such an interesting thing. I talk about it at great length in the Love 2.0. And I'll tell you right now, you don't need to watch that. Some of you uh, may have some abundance issues or whatever. It's not that you're being pushed to listen to that. We're going to talk about it today. It's in the air. It's happening. But love 2.0, the next, the next level of love on the planet. And it's a big one, not just a little incremental step. It changes the very, very dynamics of love. Love, love is an interesting thing. It's, it's been, it's been really experienced for the first time here on this planet. Spirit, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, I call it your consciousness. By the way, your consciousness never knew love until you as its human facet came to this planet. Never knew love. Couldn't have known love. I never knew what a beautiful sunset was like. I never knew what it was like to drink coffee or have a croissant. Uh, these are things that you as the human are experiencing. Remember we talk about the human as the experiential part of the soul itself. You're here for experience. You are the soul. You are the master. But you're playing out the role right now of being the human in experience. And as that human, you thrive for experience. That's why you want to, so many of you want to stay on the planet to continue in your human role as the one that experiences. You love experiences uh, at, at the deepest level, even if they're difficult or challenging experiences. But that's that's in your your soul DNA to experience. And I know a lot of times you complain about the experiences, you moan and groan, you're not happy with them. But that's what the human is for to experience. And with that also, the note that you can change how you want to experience things. Is really not a destiny. There are directions of you, the human, uh, of the master and the soul, but there's not a set destiny. You, as the human, have the right given to you by the soul to change how you want to experience. You have that right. It was the human who came here to the planet and began experiencing love at some point, but not right away. It wasn't like you came down here to this planet Earth and suddenly you were in love. Oh, no, no, no. There wasn't even a thing called love in Lemuria. There were things you were attracted to and things you weren't attracted to. 
There were things that brought joy and things that brought grief, but love, no, not right away. It wasn't really until about, roughly speaking, 5,000 years ago that love was first experienced by humans. Now, many people will um, have a difficult time accepting that. They want to believe that Spirit God, the Almighty, in its love um, made you and put you here on earth uh, to go through whatever you're going through. It's simply not true. When you look at the metaphysics of spirit, of consciousness itself. No, it didn't know these things. And the most beautiful discovery of all by the human facet, the most beautiful discovery for the, the I Am has been love, has been love. And it hasn't been that long ago that you first experienced it. And since then, love has become ah, <laughs> really the best part of human life, and at times the worst part. Love is the thing that makes you wake up in the morning and smile, thinking about one that you love, thinking about that deep and meaningful relationship, something that helped you to transcend just normal human life. Uh, imagine what it would be if there wasn't that love in your life. It would be pretty, pretty banal, pretty boring, lacking in depth. But love, more than anything, helped you to move to a new level of understanding your consciousness and ultimately your energy. But love at the same time has brought hardships and difficulties. The number one reason for karma in relationships, for coming back with others. Oh, so many of you have felt the pains of love. or the expectations of love, not meeting what you had hoped for. Someone that you fell in love with and you imagined uh, a happy life for the rest of your life, perhaps with children, perhaps traveling around the world, meeting others who were in love, having a companion to, to go to movies with, to have dinner with, and you imagine this beautiful, blissful love. and. For a number of years, oh, it was, it was. It was the thing that gave you more feeling, more sensuality than anything else. But then something happened. Either the love just started fading away, that, that feeling of, of true deep love, or you were betrayed by love, by your lover. Or suddenly you woke up one morning, looked over, and realized, you didn't love this person anymore. So love, with all of its ups and downs, love was first experienced here on this planet and will always be known now as the planet of love. This feeling of love, which is now an angelic sense, has literally been taken to other realms, to the new earths, to other places within creation where there are soul beings. This feeling and this sense of love now is experienced all across creation, but no place as intense, as sensual, as deep, and as painful as it is here on Earth. Love evolved over time. 
love matured over time, but again, the human element came in, this human element of energy feeding. What a great way to energy feed to tell somebody that you love them or you couldn't exist without them, to manipulate them under the, the banner of love. So love has matured and it is also distorted. Love still remains the number one most sensual, most meaningful, most transformational of all the all the senses that there are. But now on this planet, now with heaven's cross, now with more light on the planet than ever before, now it's time for love itself to evolve. Love is kind of stuck. Uh, it's, uh, it's a stuck energy. Now, I do point out, uh, particularly in a recent Kihok, that energy literally can't get stuck, but it can have the illusion of being stuck. Love got stuck. Human star stopped seeking uh, new levels, higher levels of consciousness in love. They settled for somewhat pedestrian love. They settled for a love kind of like they'd had before, and they were okay with it. At least it was love. And of course, then all the distortions of love with, with karma, with injustices that are done under its name, all of that have, have polluted the, one of the most beautiful angelic senses and the most beautiful human experience there is. It can't stay in that condition anymore. Love has to evolve. And ultimately, love is the very thing that will cause this planet to ascend. It will cause the planet to go beyond uh, so many of the difficult and challenging energies that, that are here right now. It is love that will actually help to keep artificial intelligence and with all of its capabilities balanced. It's not just your will. It's not just hoping that things are going to turn out on the planet. It is love through your light that will change these things. And that's why Love 2.0 is so important. Our transition, we couldn't have had it prior to this. It required a level of maturity on your part, on Shambra's part, to bring that in. If it had been brought in too much sooner and there wasn't the maturity, there wasn't the wisdom to go along with it, it would have simply been words about a new level of love, but not the feelings, not the meanings, not the, not the sensuality that comes with it. It would have been a theory rather than an actual new experience. So now here we are, coming to this point of Love 2.0. You could say that deep within your soul has brought all of your experiences of love into wisdom, which makes you ready for Love 2.0. This new love is not encumbered like the old love. In the old love, it was so often about you giving to others, giving them your love, but not receiving it back or not receiving the proper balance of love. 
We've all done that. You've given and given and given because you are in love, but you've given to others, forgetting mostly about yourself, but giving to others. That time now has come to an end. It's time to receive. Love 2.0 is receiving. Not about necessarily from other people, but it is receiving from the I Am, which now knows love because of you. It's receiving from the soul. The soul was not, did not have love in its makeup when you first came to this planet, and now every part, every facet of your soul has a level of love in it. There's love in your energy, love in your wisdom, love in your potentials now. The Master, which is the combination or the collective of all of your past or even future lifetimes, the Master is filled with love. The Master is love, your love. A lot of times people say, well, what is the Master other than being the kind of the collective, the, the gathering of all your lifetimes? The Master is now love, but not the old kind. The Master is this new iteration, this new era of love for you, for you. Not about giving it to everybody else, for you. And now in Love 2.0, it is about receiving love from the Master, from the Soul, and from the I Am. Ultimately, yes, it could involve other people, but that's secondary to now receiving back the very gift that you gave to the Master, to your soul, and to the I Am. You gave it this experience. It didn't even have a, an image or, or a concept of love. It had no idea, no thought, no feeling of love whatsoever until you experienced it and gifted it to your beingness, your I Am. And now the changes in Love 2.0, this love comes back to you. What you discovered, what you created, what you experienced so many times in all of your lifetimes, now comes back to you as an embodied, masterly lover. And it's for you. Love is not about necessarily giving out to all sorts of other people. It's been associated with relationships, loving somebody else. And now it's yours. Now it's yours. Receiving the love. And you say, but is it not appropriate then to then give it to others? Not necessarily. Not Love 2.0. It's about letting your light shine. And in that light, love is inherent. It is about letting your light shine. This session, this shout, is kind of the, the marking point now for Shambra going into Love 2.0. We're going to be doing our relatively long Mirab today, so I ask you to get comfortable. I ask you also, please don't be listening to this while you're driving a car, operating heavy equipment, or trying to dance. Let's take a deep breath together as we go into Love 2.0.
a good deep breath. As we begin, I'm going to invite in a few guests. And normally at our shouts, I, I don't bring in guests, not so often. But this one particular guest is so integral into all of the work you've been doing. As the human experiencing on this planet, as the human finding love, finding love. This guest is one that's known by all of you, and so many of you worked with him, worked with Yeshua, the master of love. The way Yeshua is depicted in the Bible and now in the churches is not the way he truly was. First of all, as so many of you know, Yeshua was a collective being made up of energies of so many at the time who were Essenes, who now call themselves Shambra. You combined your consciousness together in a way to create this beautiful being known as Yeshua. Some of you were there with Yeshua in that lifetime, getting to know him, walking with him, spending evenings talking. And you know, there's something funny that happens when we talk about Yeshua because of the overlays of the churches and the religions that we have to be like overly honoring, overly uh, devout, almost afraid of Yeshua. Some of you, you learned that in, in your early years. Yeshua the Savior, are you worthy of his light? But you know, the interesting thing about Yeshua is he was very humble because he reflected you. Very, very humble. Yeshua was, was a human, but not a soul being. The soul came from the input of all of you. Yeshua had a good sense of humor, because you do. And Yeshua was quite a pirate in his own right, because you are. You always have been, as long as I've known you, pirates. So Yeshua did things different. The interesting thing that's never been written about Yeshua, because it's supposed to be this overly honoring, devotional thing to Yeshua, no, he could take a joke. He could take being teased. Some of you love to do that, uh, but he could give it back as well. Yeshua was um, not what you'd think. He stumbled a lot. He, he stumbled. He did that because, uh, first of all, he wanted people to see him as a human, not as some god. He wanted them to see the humanness so he could say to them, what I do, you can do also. The light I carry, you can carry also. So it was not unlike him to be tripping over rocks and bumping into doors. But part of the reason for that too was he wasn't terribly grounded. Uh, so much of him was 
off somewhere else in the other realms, just like you. He was a good talker. He was a very good talker. He, he loved communications. And he could talk for hours and hours, which he did at times, sitting around a campfire with his devotees uh, and just telling stories. Yeshua, he learned so much after his wife died. Yes, he was married early, early on, as was the Jewish and the Essene tradition. And his wife died rather unexpectedly. And you know, prior to that, you would have never thought that this was going to be the dude that got written up in the Bible, the guy that, uh, well, they put on a cross the, and hung in churches. Uh, you wouldn't have thought it was the savior of mankind. He was relatively normal. Got married at an early age. Loved his wife. Loved loving his wife, and being loved by his wife. But she she died early. That was devastating for Yeshua. Looking back on it now, there was a purpose in it because, you see, he wasn't made to just work as a carpenter. He wasn't made to just be an ordinary family man. He, he had work to do, a mission in life. So her passing wasn't tragic, ultimately. It was appropriate. But as you know what it's like, it sent him into a very dark space. He wondered why he couldn't heal her, why his prayers went unanswered. He wondered what life is all about. You see, he was a manifestation of all of you and the very things you wondered, he wondered also. And then he set off on a long journey, leaving his homeland, traveling all throughout Europe, parts of Africa, India, China, trying to discover the answers. He sought out those groups that dealt in the mysteries, sought out those who were transcendental, who were above normal, everyday human living. He studied, he meditated, he prayed, he denied his body of food at time because that's what was being taught back then, a denial of the humanness. And ultimately, he came back to the lands of Israel. And you know the rest of the story, of course, written up in the Bible, but not the real accurate story. Ultimately, it was that Yeshua and those of you who came in at that time, even right before, right after. Ultimately, it was about planting the seeds of Christ consciousness, which is basically love, which is love. I ask you to feel into that for a moment, Christ consciousness. 
It's simply love. Not the kind of love, though, that you've experienced in so many of your relationships on the planet. That type of love has gotten distorted and polluted. Almost that the joy stripped out of it. It's been interesting to watch love on the planet, to observe from my standpoint what's happened to it over, over the ages. First with the coming of love and humans experiencing it, being able to fall in love with somebody where marriages were no longer arranged but you could actually love somebody and how people love their children. How there was a, a time where love was still so pure and innocent. And then along the way with, uh, well, the way humans do things, it, it got kind of bogged down. It kind of lost its purity and its innocence in, in many ways. Now I know, yes, there are still many times when humans are still experiencing this sense of pure love, but all in all, love got bogged down, got abused. So I invite Yeshua in, and every one of you should know the familiarity you have with this being. Whether you were there in the times of uh, the biblical times 2,000 years ago or not, every one of you has a familiarity because Yeshua, and that light of Yeshua still rings out throughout wherever Shambra are. It's still part of you because you helped input into it. Yeshua was here as the bringer of the Christ-seed consciousness of love. And you helped with that, knowing there would come a time on the planet, maybe not knowing exactly when, but there would come a time on the planet for love itself to evolve to the next level. And that time is now. There are those who have talked and prophesied about the second coming of Jesus. It is that time now. And the second coming is simply love 2.0. And it's not a human figure like, like Yeshua that will reappear, but it will come from each and every one of you. And there are those who will have a very difficult time accepting it. Not Shambra, but others. There are those who have actually fought against love, who tried to keep other people from love, but they will not be able to withstand what comes next with Love 2.0. So please welcome Yeshua.
into our gathering today. I've already asked him to literally speak to you, to be channeled for you at our upcoming Merlin Conference in September. Not the Yeshua that that comes from the Bible, that comes from the churches. This will be the pure Yeshua. Yeshua of love. Also today I ask you to invite in as our very special guests every one of your past and future lifetimes. Every one of them. Because what comes now is important to them. They too are going through their realization and their ascension into you. Yes, their ascension into you. When all of these expressions of your soul, when their time comes, as it is now, they, they too go through realization, but they ascend into you. Many of them never experienced love, the ones that come from the old, old times. Even the Atlanteans never experienced love. Yes, affection and friendship, but not love. There was no word for love in Atlantis. There was no, there was no consciousness of love. It requires a certain level of consciousness, of light, to happen in the first place for the experience to even be there. And that's why for very, so very long on Earth there was no such thing as love. There were many other beautiful attributes of the human, but it wasn't until that level of consciousness and light came to a certain point that there could be love in the first place. I ask you to invite in all of your past lives at this point. You don't have to know their names or see their faces, but let yourself feel them. And there were many of them that did have the experience of love, falling in love with another human, many times getting married, loving their children, loving other people. But so often in those lifetimes, as you probably can feel, that love often was painful. And some of the lifetimes may have even said, I'll never, ever fall in love again. It was too painful, too difficult. And for some of you even, that bad experience in love caused you to take your own life. Whether by a gun or a knife or jumping off a cliff or just by giving up on life, letting yourself die far too young. 
I ask you to invite in all of these lifetimes that have experienced, that have known love. They are still in classic love, one classic love uh, 1.0. And it is now time for them to join you as we go into love 2.0. Let yourself feel them and their experiences, their stories of love. Oh, there are some great stories. Oh, there is the beautiful stories, the love where, well, they, you meet someone and then share love with them from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. And then when for some reason you choose not to be with them again for a lifetime or two, that constant feeling of the deep, lost love, but such a beautiful thing, knowing that you'll be back together again. Invite all of your past lives, your human lives, into our gathering here with Yeshua. Love is a gift you gave to your consciousness, to your I am. And now, as we go into Love 2.0, it gives it back to you. But you could say from a higher place, a place of more light and consciousness, an unencumbered place, an unencumbered place. The love that comes back through your I am is pure, is wise, and is deep. Now, as we gather, as you gather together with all of your past lives and all their experiences in love, I ask you to do something. If you're not ready for it, that's fine. You can come back later or never at all. But for those who are ready, I ask you and all of your past lives now to release all of those who you have loved, to release all who you have loved. Oh, not in a negative way, in a beautiful way, in a setting-free way. You see, whoever you have loved in the past, that connection is still there. Uh, and in all of its attributes, whether it was a good love or whether it was a difficult love, that's still there. And to every one of your past lives, the same thing. If you're ready, I ask you to let go of all of those who you have loved. In a manner of speaking, this is the most loving thing you can do. It is not about denying the love or the experiences that you had with them. It's not about running from them. It is simply saying that 
you have shared with him, with the ones you have loved, your partners, your mate, your children, your friends, you have shared with him that is something incredibly intimate and beautiful that was first discovered here on earth or experienced here on earth. You shared that with them. It was part of your coming to wisdom, part of your deep experiences on the planet, and they were part of it. And love is one of those things that can never be never be truly forgotten. It's always there. Once you experience it with somebody else, that love remains always. Even if you go your own separate ways, even oh, if there's a bitter divorce, that initial love is always there. It's not gone. It's still active in, in the story. But I ask you now to take a deep breath, and if you are ready, only if you're ready, to let them go. I know some of you uh, feel anxiety with this. You wonder why. Why let them go? Don't you want to surround them in even more love? In order to, for you to move into this next level of love, is it important to release them and for them to release you from the old love? And what you may find is that as you release them, you bring your relationship with them, the ones you have loved, you bring that relationship now into the new love. As you release them, you let go of any of the agony and the pains and the even hatred, loathing, bad divorces, expensive lawyers. You let all that go in order to allow that experience that you had with love with that person now into the new love. You're not pushing them aside. You're not taking away the love that was there. You're simply letting it transcend now into the next level. You're literally going into the past or the future and changing the very nature of the energies of the light and of the love that was with you and the other. And as you do this, you come to realize that all along, throughout all the loves that you and your past lives have had, all along, it was always about ultimately finding self-love. One of the attributes of classic love, with all of its beauty, as great of a sense that it is, it, it helped bring you into a feeling, a consciousness, a state of beingness, of love, but 
It caused you also to get dependent on others for love. Love has always been about ultimately experiencing it within yourself. It's always been, always been the reason for love. Ultimately experiencing it within you. And that's why as you let them go, let that love go, you're releasing them, you're releasing yourself, and now you can bring it into the next level, which provides a whole new perspective where love is not so much about a relationship with another, but it's about yourself. It's not selfish. It's not egotistical to love yourself. It is, it is the very reason for you being here on the planet, for you helping to understand the dynamics between consciousness and energy, and ultimately that is about love for self. Love 2.0 is does not require others, but the light that it brings to you can be felt by others. This new level of love uh, its not about whether you're married or not. It's not about children. It's not about lifetime after lifetime together, and it's certainly not about eternal love with another. No, those are all old encumbrances. Love 2.0 is simply about receiving the love from your I Am, your soul and your Master. What you gave to them, what has now been turned into the wisdom and to the experiences, and held in a state state of sacred purity and now given back to you if you're ready and if you're worthy imagine for a moment waking up in the morning and feeling that sense of new love for yourself. Instead of waking up uh, wondering how you're going to get through the day, or, or even thinking about the, the ones you love right now, you wake up in the morning and are immediately bathed in the love that is coming from your own I amness. And that sets the course for the rest of your day. And even though you stay here on the planet as an embodied master, and there's challenges and difficulties and dealing with people who are somewhat loveless, dealing with people who are have lost all hope. You can walk out into the day and fear not, for the love continues to flow. 
like in a sacred circle with you, the soul, the I am, the master. And as I talked about in our cloud class, Love 2.0, and suddenly you're not having to try to change the world or you're not trying to find a little sliver of happiness or love. Everything, everything is reflected back to you as love. And everything that emanates from you is love. Love is the acceptance and the awareness of the grand being that you are. Love is the ability to let your light come in and flow in you and through you. Love is the next step of metaphysics. It's not just uh, unicorns and rainbows, no. Uh, there are those who sprinkle uh, their, their love dust on everything and thinking that's going to change them or the world. They're really, in a way, into this love and light, but relatively clueless about what it really is. Love is the acceptance of yourself, of your I Am nature. It's the awareness now, the remembrance and the awareness of who you truly are and why you are here. Love 2.0, there's no resistance to yourself. There's no wondering what you've done wrong. <laughs> there's no battles. There's no fights. There's no trying to make yourself a superhuman anymore. Love 2.0 is the awareness of your grandness, your light, and the very love that you, as a human, first experienced, and then let that evolve up through the levels of the Master, the Soul, and the I Am. Let's take a deep breath together, and if you feel you are ready, take a deep breath and release all of those who you have loved in the past. Let that love now evolve into Love 2.0. Those with children, for instance, may find it very difficult to let go or to release the love they have, because it is one of the most precious things that they have experienced in love for the children. And when I say it's time to release that, there's a natural reluctance to release the greatest loves you've had in your life. Perhaps somebody that you shared many, many years with and they passed, crossed over, uh, but yet it was the 
greatest love, the greatest feeling, the greatest memories that you have. And when I say, let yourself release it. Oh, there's a feeling of anxiety, a feeling of going into nothingness. But that's temporary. For what happens as you release the classic love, it evolves now into Love 2.0, a love that is free, a love that does not feed, a love that does not demand. Let's take a good deep breath. For on this day, we are here to mark the time to honor all of the love that you have felt and experienced up to now, but to mark the time to move to the next level. Most of the rest of the world will stay with classic love for a while to be. But ultimately, they too will allow themselves to go to the next level. Let's take a deep breath together on this sacred day. And now, in Love 2.0. Everything that you've learned about love, all the feelings, the sensuality, the joy, the exhilaration, the, the pure light, can you receive that now? From your own being to yourself, the human. Can you receive that? Yes, it's self-love, loving every part of yourself, accepting every part, transcending normal human feelings and emotions, and experiencing that within you. There was that one lifetime that first experienced love on this planet, that one uh, wonderful, precious lifetime. And then many others followed, but there was always that first time. It really causes things to open and expand, to transcend, to go beyond the rote and the routine. And here you are now, this lifetime, the lifetime, finally in a place to allow love within your being for you. Don't worry about the others at this point. You're not dependent on anyone else for love. You're not seeking it through another person, but finally accepting it within yourself. 
And you certainly deserve it after all you've been through, after all the difficult journeys, challenging experiences, times when you just wanted to give up. And you're here now. Take a deep breath, and if you're ready, let yourself experience and to know the love of yourself. You can't think your way there, but you can allow it. Ultimately, this Love 2.0, it's what causes, what will bring consciousness and energy together at some point. Love 2.0 is also what frees you from so many of the old energies of the past. And ultimately, what will allow this planet to truly ascend. And I know sometimes you look out at the planet and humanity and you wonder, how will we ever make it? How will we get past all the issues and the hatred and the wars and the suffering? How will we ever get past the inequities, the prejudices? Will we make it through this coming of AI, artificial intelligence, into the world, how will we ever handle it? And you could have all the best planners in the world, all the ones who come up with the ideas and the plans and the programs and the schedules. You can put them together and even right now they wouldn't be able to figure a solution to all this. It's beyond the human mental capacity to figure out a solution to the woes of this planet. But for love 2.0, it's easy. It's no struggle. It's no challenge. There is so much light that emanates from those who have allowed this next level of love. There is so much light that comes from you. And it creates miracles and magic on the planet. It creates a new consciousness here. And that's why I said not so long ago, even though the road ahead looks stormy at times, treacherous and even dangerous, even though this planet will, will come into the next level of love and into its ascension. And those who are still insisting on power, insisting on limitation, those who abuse others, other humans, they won't make it here. They'll go someplace else. So this planet can transform. So this planet, not only the planet of love, but Planet of Love 
in his Yeshua that said to his apostles in the final days, Remember me as the one who reminded you of love. Remember me as the one who asked you to go forth with your mission well into the future of bringing the message of love to this planet and the next levels of love. And that's why you're here. But it starts within you first. It's not about going and sprinkling love dust all over the planet. That doesn't work. It has to, has to, has to begin within yourself. It can go nowhere unless it begins in you. And yes, it is one of the most difficult things a human will ever do is to love themselves. And there are those who talk about it, those who think about it, very few who actually do. This accepting and allowing the love from yourself. It's the beginning of Love 2.0. And you, my dear friends, have the maturity, the wisdom, and the balance to allow it to happen right now. Take a deep breath and simply let it be. I say that there's no destiny. In other words, things aren't written in stone, but this, this coming to love 2.0, it was something that was always imagined and always dreamed of, and now it's here. Now let it flow in you and through you. Let's take a deep breath together on this sacred day, a point of separation. The metaphysics of love. I say it's a metaphysics because it affects how energy and light work, how gravity responds, and how you discover your true purpose. Let's take a deep breath together, allowing Love 2.0 into your life. As you do, nobody will ever be able to take this from you. Nobody will ever be able to tarnish it, to corrupt it, to steal it. Let's take a good deep breath. And as we bring this shout to a close, I, I ask that let's play that song that was played up front now. The one you opened with, let's close it with that. 
Let's take a deep breath together. Breathing in love 2.0 from your very self into this human experience. It doesn't come from somewhere else. It is a gift from within. With that, dear Shambra, let's remember this day and remember that all is well in all of creation. With that, I am Adamus of St. Germain. What the world is now is love, sweet love. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Dionne Warwick. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Oh, not just for some. Another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb, and there are oceans and rivers enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. What the world needs now. Is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. But the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for
Shining bright, we're together in the light. Yes, we're walking. 